So as we speak, um, they the takers over under the Capitol Dome have filed a piece of legislation to curtail free speech. Um, as I said yesterday, I'm no longer going to refer to them as legislators. They're not. They're takers. And I'm no longer going to refer to their session as a session. It's the annual taking because all they do is take your money and your freedom. Uh, they're trying to take your guns. They're trying to take your taxes. They're trying to uh, tell you what kind of grass you can grow, what kind of lawnmower you can buy, and it has to be electric, what kind of car you can drive. These people are takers. They they have very small, like, basically, the, there's a few under the Capitol Dome that are, are smart, and they understand what's going on, and they're just evil. There's others that are just useful idiots. They're just, it's like one, it's like a single brain cell that can only do one of two things to solve problems, take money or take freedom. Like, that's it. That's their only solution. They don't think through things. So check this out. So this piece of legislation that's being introduced is this, this is, uh, let's see, it's a Senate sponsorship, House sponsorship. They're waiting for some sponsors. The bill is an act, quote, concerning a requirement that the Attorney General undertake Certain measures in an effort to prevent the proliferation of misinformation and disinformation and in connection therewith, making an appropriation, meaning tax money. So they're going to spend your tax dollars to study how they might prevent the use of the Internet for conveying misinformation and disinformation. And this is a quote from the bill concerning civil liability for a company that enables or fails to act in preventing the sharing and proliferation of misinformation and disinformation with its algorithm and website. So basically, they would have uh, allowed for there to be a lawsuit against Facebook for allowing anyone on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter to discuss the possibility of election fraud in the last couple of years. That's what they would have done. So they're looking for an opportunity to be able to do this. Now, think about how Orwellian this is. Because here's my question. Who decides what is disinformation and misinformation? Who will be the one that decides on the enforcement of this bill? Christy Burton-Brown, Advanced Colorado, joining us now. Uh, I was this, this whole thing was brought to my attention by your tweet, Christy, uh, warning people that this was coming down the pike. This is flat-out Orwellian and scary. Oh, yeah. And it's not even the first time they've tried something like this. Like you probably know, Leland, Carrie Donovan Mm -hmm. tried to do a bill that was actually even more punishing for people expressing First Amendment rights if the government, you know, didn't like what they're saying or wanted to term it misinformation. Then there were these penalties that applied. And and now, as you just explained, they're also in this bill would go after the companies that even just allow information. And, And my big question is, who defines misinformation? And you know, right. the answer is always the government. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be a bias, and it's going to cramp down uh, hugely on First Amendment rights to free speech. Do you remember when it, uh, Jacinda, I think her last name is Asern or something like that, she was the prime minister of New Zealand. During the COVID pandemic, she actually went to a microphone and she said, anybody else that says anything about this is misinformation. We are your sole source of of truth, meaning her, the government, and the government's experts. And we yeah. now know that almost 100% of what was said behind those microphones by governments around the world was false. So it, it doesn't take any stretch of the imagination. It doesn't require a conspiracy theory to see where this bill goes bad if it's passed. Not at all. And part of the problem is history shows that many things that are currently considered or termed misinformation 
uh, much later come out to actually have been the truth all along. And that's why in America we have freedom of speech and we allow people, no matter what you believe and no matter if it's popular or unpopular, we allow you to share it and to, and to say it. We don't take that right away from you. But this instead would, and sure, would it take away some lies from the public sphere? Of course it would. But since when our lies bans in America um, yeah. and since when our you know online websites punished for allowing people to share their own lies. Um, so that's obviously a problem in and of itself because the heart of what the First Amendment is. But secondly, it's absolutely going to hide real truth from people that's on its way to being accepted, but just hasn't been yeah. you know, fully proved by the evidence yet. That's dangerous. Boy, you, okay, you make a really compelling point right here, Christy, with what you're just now saying. On the way to being accepted. So the way people... The way human beings get to truth, whether it be the truth about how we feel about things or, you know, objective truth for some scientific fact, is through deliberation and discussion. I'm, I'm a preacher's kid who makes a living behind a microphone. I can't tell you how many times I've put my foot in my mouth. I can't tell you how many times I've said something accidentally offensive. I can't tell you how many times I've said something that turned out to not actually be the reality because it just the full information hadn't come to light yet. It happens. What I've tried to do is just be honest with people and fully, you know, recompense for that when it happens. But the bottom line is we all know that we will say things, knee-jerk reactions. It's the first thought that comes to our head, but it's not necessarily how we truly feel. We get there by deliberation because we might say something and then someone else goes, that's ridiculous, and then pushes back. And then we go back and we go forth and we go back and we go forth until we get to that place like, oh, that makes sense. This is how I really feel now. So the point that you're making about on its way to accept the truth, the requirement for truth to be discovered, whether it be how a society feels about a certain issue or, again, a scientific fact, requires that deliberation about unaccepted things. I mean, we go back to like the Middle Ages when they were burning scientists at the at the, at the stake because right. because they were saying the earth was round and that we revolved around the sun and not the other way around. Yeah. Oh, funny enough, my daughter does debate this year and that was actually an illustration she used in one of her cases uh, for the fact uh, to argue that facts and evidence change sometimes, and she actually used that scientific theory in history where everyone believed the whole you know universe revolved around the Earth and we were the center of it. And yeah, scientists were punished when they didn't agree with that, and come to find out the you know main structures of the day and the government of that day was pushing the misinformation on people, but they would have called the truth misinformation back then. Yeah, and so. You know, that's the beauty of the First Amendment. It doesn't put government in the path of saying only we get to decide what's misinformation and what's truth. It's no, open up public discourse, let people decide. And I think uh, another huge problem with this bill, Leland, is that there's no intent uh, portion of it at all. There's no intent requirement. Mm, And I wouldn't even agree with that because I think that's wrong, too, to punish Facebook, even if they like know something's misinformation that a person is posting and they allow them to post it. I think punishing them for that would be anti-First Amendment as well. But they're not even doing that and saying, hey, if you're intentionally publishing lies, we're going to come after you as the government. They're just saying, hey, it's misinformation. You're punished. Yeah. Well, what if they don't know that it is? What if they think it's the truth? You're you're really going to silence people and chill speech. Yeah. Giant problem with our Constitution, as it should be. Let me ask you a question. We're talking with Christy Burton Brown, Advanced Colorado. Um. Do you 
you think that the people behind this type of bill, because there's a lot of this crap coming out of the legislation yeah. this year. I mean, it's insane. Unfortunately, they killed that stupid goldfish tax bill yesterday. Because and and hopefully that <laughs> representative English is bowing her head in shame for that ridiculousness. But um, and I, I, it's funny. But I, I wish Coloradans got as mad about other things that affect them even more than that would have. But right? but right? do you think that the people behind this bill know what they're doing, or are they just useful idiots? In other words, are 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 they people who think they believe in free speech, they just don't understand the concept, or do they truly know what they're doing and this is a sinister attempt at silencing any opposition to their point of view? You know, it's a great question. I don't personally know um, Lisa Cutter or Lorena Garcia, so I don't think I can specifically say what they personally are doing. But I, I think here's the problem. There actually are a lot of people on the left who really do not believe in free speech taken to its full extent anymore. Mm -hmm. And it used to be like that was the one thing that conservatives and the ACLU would agree on. Free speech matters. Um, Actually, way back when I was a policy analyst um, for a state senator in Colorado, we negotiated a free speech bill. It was a bipartisan bill. Obviously, I worked for a Republican. Um, But we got it through both sides of the aisle. And the ACLU supported us. They wanted to see a free speech on campus. But now you see uh, liberals, instead of defending free speech and being some of its biggest defenders along with conservatives, you actually do see them saying, well, free speech only goes so far. And if we don't agree with what you're saying, we no longer want to protect your right to say it. And I think literally far fewer liberals today actually believe in a full scope right to free speech, um, which would be very concerning. I wouldn't say it's like, you know, Democrats versus Republicans on this. You often see the leaders of the left be the ones that know they're attacking free speech and they don't care. They don't like the results of us having our full voice and pushing on them where we disagree. You know, what's funny, Christy, I I used to have a lot of left wing friends. I still have a few. Um, (laughs) there. Well, there are none that I've left the friendship. All the ones that have left have left on their own because Uh I used to sit at the coffee house with my friends all the way back to college and we would have these Mm -hmm. knockdown drag out debates about the size of government. But to your point, we always agreed on the we always agreed on the the core principle around the right of people to express themselves. As a matter of fact, back then, that was most of what the left was arguing in favor of. Let me express myself however I see fit. And I stood with them on that and always have. Sure. And more and more as as time has gone by, those friends of mine on the left have dropped off of their own volition because they can't suffer our differences of opinion. And that right. that concerns me because it, it's it's also a sign not only of of Orwellianism, Christy, but also of intellectual weakness. Well, yeah. And and you get inside your own echo chamber when you shut people off just because you disagree with them. And I think all of our ideas are usually made better by being friends with people who don't 100% agree with us and where we can learn, if nothing else, how to make our arguments better. Um, And I think when you have to shut someone off and say, we can't have a relationship anymore because we disagree, you're actually not willing to accept the pushback on your ideas that might make your worldview better. And you do see that on the left a lot right now. Yeah. Um, Are there enough, let's let's frame it this way, are there enough Democrats in the Capitol right now at this time as we are speaking that do understand and do support freedom of expression, and I'll include Governor McPhemey in this too, um, that would stop something like this? Because, again, I don't I don't think, you know, this might be, maybe this is just two legislators that had a stupid dim bulb idea, 
But there's a lot of people that can glom on to this, and this is an incredibly frightening prospect. So from your assessment of who's there, is there enough to stop it? Sure. I mean, I think if I had to guess, I'd say yes, just because um, Governor Polis does tend, you know, even if he's the final backstop on it, he does tend to be a more libertarian on issues like this. Typically, though, here's part of the problem. We've seen Colorado on First Amendment issues get overturned by the Supreme Court again and again, almost more than any other state in, you know, these modern times. Yeah. And some of well, that was a Civil Rights Commission, but some of that was bills signed by Governor Polis yeah. um, or Governor Higgins, like people who <laughs> should be on the right side of it and just aren't. So people may say one thing. Oftentimes they're still willing to sign bills if they target people who they don't agree with politically. And, and yeah. we have seen Governor Polis even fall into um, that party as well. Um, I probably guess on this he wouldn't. He probably wouldn't sign it, and I think there's enough Dems in the legislature themselves, like they did with Kerry Donovan's bill, who are just like, you know what, we're not going to punish people and companies to this extent for free expression issues. Right. Uh, but I also wouldn't be shocked if I'm wrong on that. Yeah, well, I was going to say, but we've also seen what they did. You mentioned the Supreme Court cases. I mean, the masterpiece Cake Baker, uh, 303 Creative, where it had right. to go all the way to the Supreme Court to establish right. what should be a relatively easily defined area of freedom of expression. And, Absolutely. you know, I, I, I have friends that are gay. I have friends that are trans. I mean, I literally have friends across all of the spectrum of belief systems in America. And I, I, I still fail to see how someone being compelled into an artwork is an acceptable form of censorship. You know, it'd be, it'd be as if somebody came to you, Christy, and said, oh, you know what? It, it, you need, you have to write a column for the Denver Post and it has to advocate for abortion. You know, that that would be like right. you'd be like, right. what are you saying? What are you saying yeah. to me? You know, it, it, it's not hard. No, not at all. And that's what concerns me about the bills being run to Colorado legislature is sometimes when parties get a near supermajority control in a state, they take all of their beliefs to an absolute extreme. Yeah. And say we're unstoppable. We can do what we want. No one in the state's like your viewpoint, so we're just going to shut them down. Yeah. I think it's a very dangerous place to get. I think we do have a good U.S. Supreme Court that's very much on the right side when it comes to freedom of religion, freedom of speech. For now. Freedom of expression. <laughs> yeah, for now is absolutely correct why we need to not reelect Biden. But <laughs> yeah. um, I think, you know, it's certainly something we can't take for granted. And I don't think people, when they see bills like this, should be like, oh, this certainly won't go through. Right. You need to make sure that your legislators hear your voice and they and, and tell people how unacceptable it is for yeah. politicians at the Capitol to punish free speech in Colorado. That's something we value. And something the Supreme Court has insisted that we value in their right because it's rooted in the Constitution. And I think it's something we should be loud about. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, there's no question in my mind, as stupid as it was, that had there not been the backlash publicly to the, the goldfish tax bill, that they, that probably would have passed. If there wasn't any, if there wasn't any, you know, thing behind it, there would have been a lot of legislators who might have thought it was a stupid idea, but they would have seen a pot of gold. You know, I mean, there was an enormous oh, amount of money. A lot of money. Yeah, I mean, it was creating an agency to to collect the tax that supported the agency. It was like the perfect circle of money laundering. It was crazy. Um, but fortunately, <laughs> yeah. people caught on to it. But if people don't catch on to this stuff and speak out against this stuff, they'll do it. They'll go right through with it. Oh, absolutely they will. And 
And that's the problem is I think the current legislature that we have right now is always looking for two things. One, how to charge you more taxes and fees for mm-hmm. literally every single thing you have. <laughs> and, you know, of course, the fee is just tax misspelled. Yeah, and that's what right. they try to do to get around it. And the second thing they're trying to do is curb your right to oppose them, yeah. speak against it, to object. Yeah. And we constantly see both of those types of bills run at the legislature. And, and Leland, I think, too, even though they die in committee like the pet tax you just did, um, they, they bring these kind of bills back year after yeah. year after year, adjust them a little bit, change them a little bit, try and build enough votes where they can eventually pass these things. Yeah. And that's why it's never okay to be like, oh, it's not going to pass. Well, what until it does. Right. And then we're right. in a very bad scenario. Yeah. Perfect example of that last year, the assault weapons ban. It's coming back this year. They're going to tweak it. Uh, maybe a few tweaks. I, I, my understanding from conversations I've had was that Governor McPhemey was maybe the last line of defense who didn't want to sign that, didn't say it publicly, but made it known. But if there's adjustments made to it, uh, he might happily sign something like that. So they, they're going to keep running these bills until they have enough voters mm-hmm. to pass them. And that's that's really what they're counting on is more and more people pouring in from states where they're running from the cesspools their votes created and they're recreating the cesspool here in a lot of ways. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. Wild. Well, I'm really appreciative of the fact that you, uh, I saw your tweet and I was like, oh my God, really? I mean, that this is how, you know, it's like the, this stuff is coming out of there so fast and furious that even somebody like myself that spends a lot of time reading this stuff sometimes misses some of these things because it's coming so fast. But I appreciate mm-hmm. that you're, you're getting the word out. Is there anything you need people to do? I just contact your legislators and stand up for your free speech rights and insist that they do the same for you at the Capitol. Fully agree. Christy, good talking to you. Thanks so much for coming on. We always appreciate you. Thanks, Lewis. All righty. Christy Burton-Brown. Yeah, I, you know, I don't understand why this is a hard conversation. That they would use, the state would want to use taxpayer dollars to fund a study to figure out how to penalize internet companies for allowing people to have open discussions in which someone might say something that someone else might define as misinformation and disinformation. I guess the worldview differences between some of us are just so deep. I mean, I guess a lot of these people would have been on the side of the British Empire when when our founding fathers were trying to create this nation. Who knows? We'll see. Toby Keith died. We'll talk about it next. 630. Toby Keith songs on my iTunes playlist all day in my truck. Um, it was super sad this morning. I woke up. The first alert I saw was that he had passed away yesterday at his home uh, in Oklahoma. He was 62 years old. He came down a couple of years ago with stomach cancer, and he'd been battling it ever since. Um, what's kind of hard to like wrap your head around sometimes, you see like an icon like Toby Keith, um, that voice, <clears throat> the the unrelenting patriotism that he displayed throughout his career. One of the things that was really cool about him was um, Toby Keith was actually a Democrat. I don't know if a lot of people knew that or not, Um, but he, he made no bones about politics. Like he didn't get into the politics. He didn't get into left versus right. He got into America period America. And uh, he was an incredible musician. And one of those musicians that just didn't feel the need to divide people. Right. Um, what was the name of the song? It was Red, White, and Blue um, right after 
Put a boot in your ass. <laughs> I mean, you know, he, he was just, he was awesome. And there's so many of his songs that were so good. Should have been a cowboy is one of my favorites. I love How You Like Me Now. That was a good one. Uh, Don't Let the Old Man In. I think, did he perform that at the music award, the country music awards in December? I want to think he did. Um, I think Shu was saying that he did. He, uh, the crazy thing about it is he did his last show in December in Las Vegas. So he was still performing. There was, uh, Shu had pulled up a an interview uh, with him just last week. A one-on-one. And that was the one where, you know, you see a lot of pictures of him over the last year or so. And he was definitely getting skinnier, right? I mean, as often happens to cancer patients. Um, but he's still in the pictures anyway, up until, you know, a couple of weeks ago. He still looked good. I mean, you could tell there was something wrong, but this in this particular interview they did with him last week, it, he looked really bad in that one. Like you could see him; he was you could tell he didn't feel good, um, and and it was kind of that last thing. But um, anyway, just a, a country legend, you know. He's one of those guys that voice that was iconic, um, long running career. He's going to be he's a national treasure, like a Willie Nelson. You know what I mean? Um, so rest in peace to Toby Keith, just kind of a really sad day, uh, for country music for sure. All right. 630 K how Denver stock station. I'm Leland Conway, five, seven, seven, three, nine. If you want to jump in to the conversation, five, seven, seven, three, nine. Let's see here. We got some texts on our uh, invention idea. Be large. So this would, this here's the, here's the idea. Okay. So there's this craze for the Stanley cup tumbler that all the ladies are trying to get the pink ones. They're going to Target. They're tripping over each other. They're beating each other in the aisle. They're throwing soap bars at each other, trying to get to the pink tumbler from Stanley. And we decided that what would be really great would be to create a mood tumbler. So what we would do, we wouldn't tell our wives that's what this is, but we would secretly stash a uh, chip inside the handle of the tumbler where our wives would have their hands on the, ta- the, the the handle and then on our iPhone or our Apple watch, we would get a text getting us associated with their mood. So if their mood was fine, I'm fine, we'd get a text and it would be like a bright red background and it would just say, I'm fine with an exclamation point. We would know that we need to go to Shields for two or three hours. If we got a text that said, how you doing? Then we would know like... It's it's time to get get our thing on, right? Like now the the problem is somebody texted the show and said, um, Leland, I am gonna buy one of your mood tumblers and it's gonna tell me that she wants, you know, some loving, and then I'm gonna end up getting slapped. Well, we haven't perfected the computer chip yet. Like it's gonna say she's in the mood, but it's not gonna say who she's in the mood for, right? Like so that might be that might be a snag where, B-Large, you and I have to go back to the lab and figure that out to make sure that like, we don't have any mistakes there. I was going to say, maybe we can put, like, a, a little, like, faint sound in it that we can hear. It's like, if she's ready to go or, like, you. the buzzer for the wrong answer. Stop. Stop. <laughs> well, and, you know, sometimes they want to cuddle, but they don't want to go any farther than that. So you need to have, like, a little thing that vibrates on your arm on your watch. So that they, 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 they were like, oh, that's all. Just the cuddles today. Just the cuddles. So I don't know. But then you could have one that says, talk to me, which means you know you're going to have to listen to her talk for the next four hours. And I think we're saving marriages. I really do. Because she won't know 
that you know what her mood is. Kel-Kel's giving us the the eternal face palm over there, which means, B-Large, we have a winning idea. I was going to say we're on to something. That means we're on to something. So we just have to make sure that besides Kel-Kel, none of the ladies find out about this until we roll it out to the dudes. Because, again, okay, but seriously, ladies, if you're listening, I mean, Kel-Kel, wouldn't you appreciate... Wouldn't you appreciate if if your husband knew that you just didn't want to be bothered right now and he should go to Shields and take the the kids and get out of your hair for a few hours? Like, wouldn't you appreciate? Wouldn't that make things better? I don't I don't understand what your face palm thing is with this. All I did was go on a walk, <laughs> and then I came back. <laughs> And this is what you guys are talking about. We have about. invented things. Right. <laughs> um, the answer is no. What's in my head is in my head. And if my husband wants to talk to me, he'll no. ask me how I'm feeling. Hold the hell on. No. No, 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 no. No. Women don't get to say that, okay, uh, you... What's in my head is in my head while you expect us to be able to read what's inside your head. All we're doing is fulfilling that promise. You guys expect us to read your minds. The mood tumbler is a form of us being able to read your minds. It's going to save marriages. No, hold on. What? You people, (laughs) meaning men. What do you mean by you people? Speak in monosyllables. Okay. I say lots of syllables every day. No, I mean, listen, we have to, my husband and I have to commute sometimes together. And it'll be, how is your day? (laughs) Fine. That's. How is yours? That's the exception. And then I go into my day. And it takes four hours. It, well, (laughs) but that's talking. Well, but what That's not it, a mood tumbler. Oh, my God. Why not? Wouldn't it be... Didn't they already invent this technology in a freaking ring? No, but see, you can see the ring, and he can see the ring. This way, only he can see it, so he knows how he's supposed to act and not walk on eggshells. What just happened here? I Did you guys have eat something a weird? a winning idea, and you're... Uh, protesting tells me that it's a winning idea. Leland, secret deception will not go down well. <laughs> well, I, what what do you mean secret deception? This is not deceptive. As a matter of fact, do you not agree with me, B-Large? This is not deceitful at all. It's simply no. keeping the women from deceiving us about what mood they're in, right? I mean, this is actually causing open dialogue and discussion. B-Large like, I'm not commenting. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Hold on. You did not finish reading this text. He also ended it with a heart and a band-aid. That should already... We do not know if that is a he or a she. We do not know. All we know is the text. Okay. This I'll may give have been a female who texted me this. I was going to say, wouldn't, uh, wouldn't the other... If ladies were in a relationship, wouldn't you want to know? No. Okay. See? No. So, no. Because you guys could invent like a talking dog. And then our dog will tell you what our mood is, right? Well, okay, but do we really mask our moods that much, be large? No. I mean, do we? Because, I mean, it's like my wife is like, she. I have two moods. One is like right now, like um, let's go, let's talk, let's have a good time, let's have a conversation. And the other mood is total silence. Like those are my two moods. And she just knows whichever one I'm in, that's what I'm in. I, I mean, we're... 
simple creatures, us dudes. It's the women who are complicated. And all I'm trying to do is make a complicated world a little more simple because making complicated issues more simple is what leads to peace on earth. Thank you. <laughs> I love this. Uh, somebody said, Leland, we should all tip a red solo cup for Toby. Yeah. That was a great song, too, by the way. Red Solo Cup. Um, Leland, have you heard about the Colorado Pet Tax, House Bill 241163? No. Tell me about that. What is this? <laughs> we spent all day yesterday on that. Um, yeah, I have heard about it. And it's dead. It's dead. And it's dead because so many people had heard about it and was like, this was the most insane thing ever. Leland, Toby Keith became an independent in 2008 after leaving the Democratic Party. Well, you know what? I respect the hell out of that. I'm an independent. I'm not a Republican. Uh, Leland, you may wish to mention the disinformation bill introduced by Senator Lisa Cutter is SB 24084. So if you're calling your legislator to tell them this is a stupid idea and it's Orwellian, it's SB 24084. Thank you, Steve. Leland, I got a name for your mood cup. Call it the cup of kindness or bottle of kindness. It sounds so feminine, but has a way of telling us the level of fine. I don't know. See, I think that's a little too on the nose. I think women will get they'll they'll un, they'll see that it's a Trojan horse. We have <laughs> bad choice of words. We have the chip <laughs> inside the handle. Gal's <laughs> like shaking her head right now. Did you guys not see the Da Vinci Code? <laughs> I'm just curious. I love that movie. And and you're talking about cups. <laughs> Do you not remember the teacher I know, the explaining the chalice? <laughs> and all of that. Okay, and now you're no. talking about a cup. Okay, but you understand. Hold on a second. Really? You understand that all we're trying to do is live our lives in better service of the queens of the world. We're just better trying to be better service to our ladies. We are trying to be better service to the people who really run the world. That's oh, all. You're that's, so full of that's crap. All, <laughs> that is all we're doing. So there you go. All right, we'll continue. 6.30 K out. I'm in so much trouble. It's 6.30 K out, Denver's talk station. By the way, they're probably banned in Colorado now. So, you know, I mean, you know, we couldn't even we couldn't even tip a red solo cup to the passing of Toby Keith if we wanted to, thanks to the ban on plastic utensils in our state. We'll have to get, well, so what, what can we have? It, it, he said it. They're biodegradable in 14 years. I mean, come on. What can we even use now? Like a red what? Oh, you have one. Kel-Kel has. A, is that a real solo cup, though? Where did you get that? At a store. Uh, well, you can still buy them. You just can't get them from. I have a huge, like, arsenal full of these things. <laughs> you know, I've got the ammo like right me? next to them. Are you know? like me? I bought right when uh, when President Obama was talking about banning the uh, incandescent light bulbs, and he didn't actually do it. It was Bi- it was Biden who did it finally earlier in his in his tenure. One of the first things he did was finish off incandescent light bulbs. But when Obama was talking about it, and he gave us those cancer-causing curly Q light bulbs, which lasted about Horrible. a year or two. Now they've gone to the LEDs, which also aren't that well-performing, but whatever. And they're not bright. And they're not and bright. you can't see. Or they're, well, actually, they're too bright. They're like real white light, and I, I like kind of a dim... I, I like the incandescent glow, whatever that is. Anyway, I went out and bought, like, I still have... I shouldn't say this. 
the government's going to come knock on my door. I shouldn't say this. I think I have about 500 incandescent bulbs in my house. Do you have like the 25 watts and the and I've the got 50s all the different sizes. The, I went to yeah, Lowe's. 75, 75s are the best. Oh, yeah, I went, I went to Lowe's. So, you know, I've got that. and uh, But I don't have any red Solo cups, so I better go get some before they ban those in Colorado. Uh, Leland, since your mood cup can't be validated, just say, quote, the results are as reliable as our elections. <laughs> we don't want to get sued if it says she's in the mood for, you know, whatever. And then maybe it just wasn't in the mood for you. <laughs> we don't want to get sued for that. Can be in the mood for ice cream. Right? Well, that's how you'll know she's pregnant, right? It'll say pickles and ice cream on your text. The text you get from the handle, the chip hidden in the handle of the uh, tumbler, uh, the mood tumbler that you get your wife will tell you pickles and ice cream. And you'll be like, uh-oh. Hold on. What? I crave pickles every day. Yeah, but you don't pay, crave and pickles not, with ice cream. You can well, crave pickles. Yeah, I, I don't mean, like ice cream. Okay. Well, you see, but you're so completely you're missing out. the point. You're out. <laughs> you're out. You're out of this conversation. You're not even, it doesn't make any sense. You can crave pickles. You can crave ice cream. If you crave pickles and ice cream, you're probably pregnant. Thank Al Gore for the internet, writes 1713. My guitar and I are going to spend the evening with Toby Keith and his great music. Rip Toby. That's awesome. Yeah, Al Gore invented the internet. He did say that. Uh, Leland, I don't want to read her mouth. Uh, just want to know if I'm good or if I'm putting my foot in my mouth. <laughs> well, that, that's the thing. That, that we're not talking. Okay. Be large. We're not talking about reading their mind per se. Just the mood, man. Right. Just the mood. So we know, do we need to get out of the house? Yeah. Do we need to tiptoe carefully? Are we good to go? Like, oh, I think my buddy just texted me to go and hit some golf balls. Yeah, looks like I got to go to the Top Golf, uh, baby. I'll see you later. Saying, I'm telling you, man, we're going to make a billion dollars, B-Large. We are going to make a freaking billion. billion. <laughs> With a B. Dan Kaplan's coming up next. I think he has George Brockler on today. They're going to co-host the show together, so that should be fun. Make sure you keep it tuned in right here. I am Leland Conway. This is Denver's Talk Station, 630 K House.